Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Oh, so good morning. Well, morning for me. I don't even... Where are you, Peter? I don't... I should have looked, but I did not. No worries. I'm in the Netherlands, so it's the afternoon for us now. It's uh, 3.15. Oh, so my voice is going to be all gra- gravelly because I just woke up and, and <laughs> you're you're right in the middle of your day. Yeah, but you have that <clears throat> podcaster voice now. You know, just after waking up, like the deep voice, you know, <laughs> radio... Uh, Hello and welcome. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so if anybody hasn't noticed, we have a good friend Peter here today with, with here with just me, Amos. Sean is out today. But Peter, go ahead and let you introduce yourself and and uh, anything that you want to say and share, like what you may have, um, you're drinking right now or had with lunch or <laughs> anything exciting in your life. I'm not sure whether my lunch is exciting. However, my, my girlfriend, who's Portuguese, she cooked, so it's uh, delicious as always. No, but hi, you know, thank you very much for having me. My name is Peter Ulrich, or Ulrich, because nobody can pronounce my name. I am uh, an Elixir developer <laughs> uh, for four years now. I work at Remote as the senior engineer. I also have a blog, and what I love to do is I love to learn new topics, and I can do that best by uh, creating something, like some learning material about that. So that's why I have a, a blog at peterulrich.com. I also used to podcast about blockchain technology. <laughs> it's still out there. Explain blockchain. Uh, I had a video, a YouTube um, channel, Peter and Code. And just lately, I released a video course, my very first one. And it's um, called Build an MVP with Elixir. So you see, I, I love to learn new things. And I love uh, I learn best when I produce something. So that's why I pretty much used all every medium and every format there is so far. And uh, yeah, I love making video courses the best so far. So anyway, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you on. Um, so you have this new video course that you're that you're putting out, building MVP in Elixir. Is, is there can can you give away what the ultimate MVP is or or? Okay, of course. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. No, no, it's it's all transparent, all, all uh, out in the open. Um, so the the video course is meant for new developers, but also developers new to Elixir, because I I have a feeling that the Elixir community is quite senior. You know, we have a lot of senior engineers and engineers coming from other languages, and we are. You know, I, I come from the Python community, and in the Python community, it's just so easy to get started and such a welcoming community. And I love that. And I kind of miss it a little bit in the Elixir community um, because, you know, it's mostly focused on experienced developers. So I created this video course as a first step, as an attempt to make it easier to get started with Elixir. And that goes for people who just picked up programming because I think Elixir is a great language for that. But also for people who'd switch to Elixir because, you know, they just want to have like just create a product and see how it works, you know, like kick the tires a little bit. So that's why the video course is build an MVP with Elixir so that you get can get started with Elixir and just build a product with it and just release it to the world. And in the course, I build a yeah, an MVP, a little product, which is called Block Cash. You can find it at blockcash.app. It's just a little platform uh, like Substack or like a, a blogging platform where you can write articles and then you can sell these articles for one-time purchases to the readers. So you don't need a subscription, you just have a one-time payment and then you can read the article 
And I think that product was really interesting for the course because it uh, touches on so many different aspects that are important when you build a product, like user authentication, uh, you have a mailing service for sending out the, the registration emails, you like we um, deploy the whole thing to fly.io, we add a custom domain, and eventually we also add a, um, a purchasing, like a payment processing checkout with uh, Lemon Squeezy which I think like adding payments to your system, that's always one of these topics that is very, yeah, it, it, it's scary because it's about money, right? But I show you in the, in the video course how to set it up because I think it's quite simple, honestly. Wait, so, so you have a video course that when completed, you have a product that you could deploy and make money. Exactly, that's the idea. That is... That is the coolest video course idea ever. <laughs> Thank you. Like normally, I've got these little, you know, just toy projects, and and that's. Yeah. I, I'm I'm blown away. That was a uh, an amazing idea. Yeah, thank you. Well, the idea was a little bit that I might also build a product out of that myself. So I, I kind of used the video course to build a product that I wanted to build myself anyway. And I thought, you know, why not combine these two things? And now the the demo project Blockcash.app is out there. And in theory, you could go there and write articles. I mean, the the payment processing isn't set up to like actual uh, get, getting your money yet, but that's just uh, flipping a switch, really. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, that's, you know, that's what I, uh, that, that was important to me to present something that you can relate to, because I think a lot of people have ideas about project, uh, products they want to build and then make money out of that. But there are so many steps in between that it might feel overwhelming. And that's why I decided to do this course exactly about that, just to show how you, with Phoenix uh, and uh, Phoenix Live View, you set up a project, in, you know, like 10, like one hour, and then you deploy it, and then you add payment to it, and then you're done. Like after one weekend, you actually have a product where people can go and, and pay you for it. So that was the idea. Did you want to do the course first, or did you jump on... Uh, or did you want to build the product first and then decide to add the course on top of it? <laughs> great, great question, actually. I wanted to do the video course first, and then I looked around for demo projects. I brainstormed uh, demo projects. And I, I had the same feeling like you, like when you pick up a book or a video course, usually it's about a very theoretical and you know abstract topic. So you build, you know, like I, I wrote a book last year, and it's just how to build tables with Live View. And, it, it's I have it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not a project that I'm thinking like the project itself isn't that interesting, but the technologies you're learning. But I wanted to do both. I wanted to have an interesting product and uh, interesting technologies. So I, I decided on that. Yeah, on something practical. So I'm curious about your your like brainstorming session and how you how you got to. A small product like that. Well, okay. So I'm I'm in the same boat. I have not making a video course, but I have a book I'd like to write. But I I keep putting it off because I feel like I can't come up with a a good example. And then also every conference talk ever is how do I get an example that's small enough that I can build it and people can understand it, but big enough to not just be too trivial. And you know, I, I feel like. You have a project here that's, you, you You said one weekend, in one weekend you can build it and deploy it and have a product. And so that feels small enough. So I'm curious, like, what the process was to come up with that. Sure. Uh, that 
idea. My my process was uh, very chaotic, and I panicked a lot actually <laughs> during the 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 process. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I started. So I, I always have a little eye for possible products out there. You know, whenever I, whenever I use something, I, a product, I'm looking at flaws and think about how would I improve it. And I, in this case, I uh, signed up for some Substack subscriptions, and I, you know, just wanted to read a couple of articles and not pay immediately like 15, 20 US dollar for a monthly subscription that I then have to remember to cancel and so on. So that's why I thought, hey, you know, maybe somebody should build a website where you can have one-time uh, purchases of articles. And that was just one thing on my long list of uh, possible ideas. So eventually, to be honest, like when I started the product and when, when I, so first I coded the product myself and then eventually I split my process up into topics that I could put as a as videos into the video course so i broke it down after after I, I built the product and i was so overwhelmed by you know the complexity of the product to be honest i was really panicking that after two or three months of building the product that it would be too big for the video course um, people would get bored while they watch the video course i would sit like hours and hours and hours just explaining small steps that people are interested in so i was really I don't know, like 15, 20 times I considered just scrapping the whole thing and doing something simple and small. But what I ended up doing is I have two versions really of the code. So I have a very extensive demo project that runs at BlockHashTalab and it, it has all these little features that it has pretty clean code, you know, some uh, cleanups happened there. It has some, you know, other features that I that are really nitty gritty, like mostly for UI and UX things that I don't really want to explain in the video course because they're too small. But I added them to the demo project, and then what I did in the video course itself, I just I was uh, was at Ockham's razor, like I cut out everything that I thought is not absolutely important, and still I have like six and a half hours of video material, so. Maybe that's my idea. Like, you know, if, if you uh, think about the product, uh, like a, a project that you want to explain in a book or video course, first build it like you would like to build it and then look at it and see which are actually the main important segments or the topics that I want to explain in my in my video course or book. And then you can always give the whole project, the whole code base to your readers so that they can continue to learn from the project but you only take the bits out of it that are most imp important, most significant. So that would be my, my advice there. So build a bigger product and then cut it back to the smaller product. Exactly, yeah. That's a, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Same thing, same thing about your project, but you wrote a book and now you're doing a video course. It, what, what's like the the, difference between doing those and like why did you choose to do a video course this time instead of a book or or is there a secret book behind this too <laughs> no no that there isn't um yeah the, the, so i i said earlier that i love i love to try out new formats of teaching and that's why i had the podcast i had the youtube channel and, and so on and then the book idea actually came out of a dumb tweet that I made. Like on Twitter, I said, ah, somebody should write a book about these topics. And then I listed like five different topics and people were discussing that a little bit, but nobody was, you know, picking, picking anything up. And 
um, eventually, uh, PrecProc, the publisher, approached me and said, uh, actually, it was Bruce Tate, I think. Bruce Tate kind of replied mm -hmm. and said, hey, you know, if you really want to make this a book, just subs uh, submit your idea here. And then, or well, I think somebody reached out to me uh, through the DMs. And then, yeah, it was just creating the, the submission first. So th that's how the book happened, basically. And then I thought, well, you know, why not write a book? Because, you know, then I know how it is to write a book. And so the, the, the thing with the book, though, is that it takes a lot of time to write the book. Um, actually, the coding part only took like literally two, three days. And then I spent probably six months writing the book. And I did not like that speed, like that pace. And I mean, I love mm -hmm. writing the blog post, but I do not love writing 65 pages, you know, and then thinking at every step along the way, like, does it fit into the bigger picture of the book or do I have to move these paragraphs around or something? Uh, so it's a long, long process. And I don't know, eventually, you know, there isn't a big bang. It, you know, you first go into beta, like you have a beta um, publication that people can buy. And that's kind of like a soft rollout. It's not really advertised, but most people that I know on Twitter, for example, they bought the beta version already. So although mm -hmm. there wasn't a big bang, it was still people bought it. And most people bought it at that time. And then only six months later or so, once enough time has passed, then you go into real production, so to say, because until then you fi make fixes to the book, you update the book, and then only when you go live, so to say, then you don't touch the book anymore. So it was a long process and it wasn't this like feeling, this feeling of accomplishment that you, you know, released it and everybody's clapping and, you know, the money rolls in and, and so on. And, you know, that was a little bit disappointing to be honest. Um, and that's why I decided to not write another book. I said, okay, I'll, it was an experience. I don't mind having that experience, but I don't have to do it again. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then eventually I decided I really want to give this video course thing a try because I love, as you know already, I love talking. I love educating that way. I love teaching by presenting something. Uh, I also, you know, go to every conference that I can find and try to like submit a talk. And that happened, for example, in LixiConf just uh, last week in Lisbon. So that was great. And, and I have positive feedback from people that they love me, they love how I teach, you know, simply like with a lot of context, I explain not not only the what we're doing, I explain the why we're doing things. I think that's what people love the most. Yeah, so people love that. And then I thought, okay, let me do a video course because that is maybe better aligned with how I love to teach. And also after the fact, I mean, it pays much better. And, you know, we get to talk about that as well because you <laughs> invest so many hours of your free time, of your life into these projects. And then you might get, you know, like... A, one, one, two, three thousand out of a book, maybe. I mean, mm -hmm. that depends very much on, on your book and so on. But it's not life-changing money, to be honest. And with a video course, you know, that can, like that money that you make with the book, you can make within a week if you, if you have good numbers. Wow. Yeah. So that is a very big difference. And that's why I thought for myself, I invest so much time into these free resources, my blogs and the book and, and so on. Well, the book's not free, but still it kind of feels free for $10. And then I, I wanted to get paid for it as well, right? So I decided on the video course because it would like it uh, got all these things together, like how I love to teach, you know, getting paid for it and just trying out something new. How long has the video course been out now? A week. A couple weeks. Yeah. A week. 
we, how's how's uh, the reception of it going? Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I got like 50 sales or so, 55. But you know, people not only like I also had discount codes and the purchasing power parity thing and so on. But I made like $3,000 so far, which is not life changing money. And it's also like I just published it. So people saw it and bought it. Um, it's not the long like the long tail of sales will come eventually. But you know, it's enough money to buy a new MacBook. So <laughs> I achieved my goal, so to say. <laughs> Has anybody given you any feedback yet? Uh, yeah, I had uh, very positive feedback. I also had um, very valuable feedback. And I always love when I get negative feedback or like suggestions how to improve things. Because a lot of people, they just say, ah, it's, it's great. You know, and then they don't want to make the relationship with you worse. Like they don't want to upset you. And then they mm-hmm. just don't give you the nitty gritty details that they actually care about, but they just don't mention. So I love having negative feedback. And I actually got um, very great feedback from uh, one person who actually asked for a refund. And then I asked him, you know, why and so on. And I learned so much. Like uh, what I what I don't understand, what I didn't know is that a lot of people, they love to follow along. Like they love to see you speak and write code and then write the code at the same time. And mm. I, I, don't, I don't learn like that. I just watch the <clears> video, you know, and then I go off and build my own product. But a lot of people love to just follow along. And for that, like sometimes I drag and drop, like I copy paste like a hundred line uh, UI template, like a, a Tailwind UI template into the project. And then they of course can't write all of that stuff in the 10 seconds that it takes me to copy paste it. So eventually I ended up adding much more code versions in between. So I've, after every video that I made, I tried to create a, a version of the code at that point. And then people can use that to uh, follow along with the videos. So like to give intermediate versions of the code that was very important to this person. And it really taught me a lot about how other people than myself learn. So that was really valuable. That's awesome. All right. I have now like the, the personal life questions, right? Sure. So I've seen a lot of pictures of you with a camera before and I see the camera in the background. So I, I feel like I have cameras sitting around here because my wife is really into that. Um, I also can't write a book because my wife is an English teacher and she'll <laughs> curtsy the heck out of it. Yeah. But then there's something else in your background that I didn't know about, and that's the, the helmet up there. So yeah. t- tell me about why you have a helmet in your background. <laughs> well, um, I can teach you about both, actually. Well, I, it's, it's, it's a okay, story. Let's, let's talk about all of it. Let's yeah. just go. <laughs> the, the camera and the helmet. Oh, how many? Like 10 minutes left. No problem. Um, now, so the motorcycle actually came um, in 2016 between my bachelor and master's degree. I decided to go to South Africa for six months and uh, teach in a local high school there. And yeah, you know, don't don't like be oh, you know, great like duty <laughs> to the to the humanity. Nobody who goes there does it for others. Like they always do it for themselves. It's kind of like a you know, I want to make an experience and maybe help people along the way. So it's like. You know, a lot of people confuse these two things. But in my case, you know, I, yeah, I went to South Africa. I worked in a local high school, uh, taught some basics in computer science. Well, I just taught like Microsoft Word and Excel, how to use these <laughs> things. So like very advanced stuff. Uh, but it was great, you know, great experience, as I, as I say. And uh, before I went down there, I actually thought about how, how do I get around? You know, like they have public transportation, Okay, but I kind of want to be more free than that. I can't afford a car, so I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to get the driver license for a motorcycle and just buy a motorcycle there. And I didn't tell my parents about that. 
at all. I just, <laughs> you know, took the courses and never told them why I'm why I'm leaving the house and everything. And the day that I was that I flew down to South Africa, my mom actually asked me like, "How do you get around?" And then I admitted that I thought about buying a motorcycle. And before I did that, actually, she told me like, "Hey, why don't you buy a motorcycle?" <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So that was really good. And yeah, once I arrived there, within two days, I found a, a relatively cheap motorcycle, and then I started riding on that thing, and I just loved it. I mean, South Africa and Africa in general is such an amazing uh, like country and a continent, and to drive around on a motorcycle or a, like a car if you can afford it, it's just it's really really amazing. So I can highly recommend that. And that's how it started. Like that's how I got into motorcycling and long distance uh, traveling with a motorcycle. And yeah, it's my my go to vacation uh, activity. So as the last week, uh, I drove back from Lisbon, where I was at the Lexicon. I went back to the Netherlands on motorcycle, like two and a half thousand kilometers in one week, and it just clears your head, and it's it's a great activity. So yeah, was, was not was necessarily safe long, though. <laughs> was that the longest ride you ever had? Oh, no, no, no. My longest ride was uh, I did the east coast of Africa from Egypt to South Africa, which is like wow. 15, 18,000 kilometers in four months. And that was an, an amazing, amazing adventure. I can highly recommend that too if you ever get the chance. <laughs> do you, do you like, do you have a plan of where you're going to stop and like a place to stay or do you just ride and then figure it out when you get there? Yeah, pretty much that, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so every morning you wake up and you look at booking, booking.com, where are the next hotels? And then, well, you think, well, today it's whatever, it's sunny, I can ride, you know, it's not rainy and cold. I, I can ride like three, 400 kilometers. That's what I usually do on a day. And then you just look ahead, you know, which city lies at this, at that distance. And then you look at booking and you get your hotel and then you just drive to that point. And I mean, if you do the East Coast of Africa from Egypt down to South, South Africa, there aren't that many roads. Like if you want to stick to the main roads, there's like one. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty easy to plan ahead. Um, but I also had other friends who did like either from Egypt to South Africa, like north to south, or they went from south to north and they took the, the back roads. They mostly had a tent and a car and they just, you know, drove into the wilderness and camped a night or two and then came back to the next city. So you can also do it much more spontaneous like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what was your favorite place along along that route, if you had to pick one? Ah, there's so many. Um, so one one that I really enjoyed a lot, uh, which unfortunately right now it's isn't that safe, is Sudan, south of Egypt. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was an amazing place. Such friendly people, um, beautiful landscape. You have more pyramids than in Egypt what people don't know. Uh, you can just drive <laughs> up to them and take a picture and then there's nobody that hassles you. You know, you can just uh, be in peace and yeah, amazing people. And they, they don't really care about you really. They, you know, you do your thing, they do their thing. And that's really uh, nice if you come out of Egypt where everybody tries to, you know, to, to get something from you, unfortunately. Yeah, so Sudan was amazing. Then I really loved Kenya as well. And I'm, I'm still very much in contact with the Elixir community in Kenya, Elixir, uh, Elixir Kenya. We also have Elixir mm -hmm. Africa conference coming up end of May. So if you want to check that out, it's amazing. I'm going to speak that too. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Sigu still runs that? Sigu. Yeah, Sigu and yeah. The, the community around him. So 
I, yeah, I met them multiple times now. It's amazing people, very smart people too. Um, so yeah, great community. Yeah, and like Kenya and Sudan, I would say were my, my most favorite places. Okay, so then f best food. Oh, <laughs> that's a difficult one. Uh, to be honest, South Africa, I think, yeah, they got the best, uh, the best meat, Burewurst, which is uh, like a, a circular, not circular, like a spiral sausage and it's really mm -hmm. it has really nice herbs in it so it's it's typically on on a sunday you have a braai which is a barbecue and then you have burewurst and uh it's always great so i really love the food in south africa yeah all right well i know where i need to start then exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, i haven't ridden a motorcycle since i was i don't know 15 or 16 i used to ride dirt bikes um nice and uh my mom didn't get so excited about me when I was standing up on the seat on my motorcycle. Yeah. I was 16 years old. <laughs> I came home and my motorcycle was gone uh. <laughs> uh, from school. And so, yeah, we I've never bought one since then. I've always been a little bit, I guess, cautious. Uh, I, I have I have kids and and I know how I'm, I'm afraid. I, I shouldn't say I know. I'm afraid that I will get crazy and start doing that stuff again instead yeah. of just riding and being safe so I, i've avoided it but we have talked about getting some scooters my wife and i should ride around on those i feel like it's a happy medium maybe but yeah or cycling all right so you know <laughs> so you just got back from lisbon and you get home and it looks like your wall fell apart <laughs> yeah for the third, third freaking time. <laughs> the third time? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. I'm, I really yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> hey, you put the picture on Twitter. That's Yeah, I know, I know. Ah, man, it's just, yeah, I have these freaking <clears throat> acoustic panels, and I tried to hang them on the ceiling twice. They fell down twice. Then I was just, you know, setting up everything for the video course, which I recorded literally until the minute I left for Lisbon. Yeah, and then I finished it just in time. And I, I hung these acoustic panels on my on my wall, which, you know, not my ceiling, like they're not hanging, they are on the wall, so they shouldn't fall down that easily. But I just came home and everything lay on the ground and I just said, yeah, whatever, you know. I, I tried it three times, I was gonna get rid of them and get proper acoustic panels this time. But yeah, that has been a Sisyphus uh, project. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It took me a minute to realize what was going on in that picture. I, I, like, I, at first I was like, what are those two things on the wall? Like all I could see was just the two panels that stayed up. <laughs> yeah. And then I noticed all over the floor and your desk and yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. If anybody <laughs> out there has any good tips on getting acoustic panels onto the wall and keep them there, I highly appreciate that. Yeah. How permanent do you want it to be? <laughs> well, I have to move out at one point. This place is rented, so I can't okay, use the nail yeah, gun. Don't. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, we, we've we used liquid nails before. Have you, do you have that in uh, Europe? Never saw that, no. But it It's like a glue. Oh, wow. That, but it's like the strongest glue I've ever seen. And uh, I watched somebody hang a shelf on their wall and yeah. then put a statue up on the shelf with just <laughs> liquid nails. <laughs> so I so yeah, there, <laughs> I don't know if it lasts forever, but I was, yeah. I was 
pretty blown away. I was like, that's like a 100-pound statue sitting on a shelf that's just glued to the wall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, yeah. Maybe, maybe I have to – maybe the easiest thing would be to have a second wall. Like I just build a second wall here that I can tear down after, and then I use that glue, you know, on, on that wall. Then, then if you need to want to move your desk or anything, you just move that wall. Exactly. Easy yeah. peasy. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, Peter, I've got to get off to PT today, but thanks for coming on. Uh, I had a good time. I learned a lot about Africa and project ideas, and and uh, I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm not sure, like, you know, if you want to uh, talk to me on the internet, maybe go to my Twitter um, I got PJ Ulrich there where you can follow me or read my blog post at peterulrich.com. Much appreciated. And thank you very much for having me. And he always has great pictures on his Twitter. So <laughs> check him out. The, the, the current background is pretty amazing right now. The ah, banner at the top. So thank you so much. Yeah. Love very it. much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Peter. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. 